Hey villagers, I'm Clifford Machingaifa and this is the Unajua Learning Series where we present crowdsourced minimum actionable responses to important questions in 15 minutes or less. Thanks again for listening in. This is the first episode of a three-part Unajua series focused on investing in African blockchain tech. And we're stoked to have two stellar guests on board for this one. More about them in a bit, but first... A big thank you to the Cello Community Fund for their support for our ongoing season of blockchain-themed learning content. So far, it's been great curating this material. And if you're new to this content party, don't worry, we got you. You can catch up on everything you've missed by browsing the feed at africantechroundup.com. And while you're there, do sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss a thing. To learn more about Cello's mission to build a financial system that creates the conditions for prosperity for everyone, check them out at cello.org. Right. As I teased moments ago, we have two guests booked for this series. First up, we have Hope Ditlaganyani. Hope is a venture capital pro who's helping African tech founders land the resources and support they need to build and scale their startups. Hope is particularly committed to backing women founders and to that end, she's an active woman-focused angel investor. She currently serves as head of venture sourcing at the Pan-African investor, venture builder, and accelerator company, Founders Factory Africa. Joining Hope on the mic is her Founders Factory Africa colleague and friend, Nzwisi Sachidembo. Nzwi is the head of engineering at Founders Factory Africa, and over the last few years, Nzwi has helped build and scale numerous tech-enabled ventures across the continent. He's also an entrepreneur with more than 15 years of experience across various industries such as telecoms, e-commerce, biotechnology, and more recently, fintech and blockchain tech. In their respective roles at Founders Factory Africa, Hope and Nzui have recently collaborated to facilitate VC investment in two promising African blockchain tech startups. As a private investor, Nzui was an early adopter of Bitcoin and other blockchain applications. He now has a growing personal portfolio of blockchain investments. Meanwhile, Hope is a self-confessed late joiner to the space both as a personal and corporate investor. But she's keenly making up for the lost time by finessing smart blockchain investments in her personal capacity while refining her playbook for backing the space as an institutional VC. In this episode, Hope and Nzui reflect on how Africa's VC industry is currently framing blockchain tech as a viable investment opportunity. Take a listen. Before I dive specifically into Africa, I think it is quite important to kind of have a global macro view as to how is blockchain being viewed. Looking at some of the statistics in 2021 as an example, there was 32 billion that was channeled towards the crypto and blockchain space in general. A lot of it being funded on a lot of the themes that you're quite familiar with, which is like trading platforms, investing platforms, lending platforms, etc. But this still accounted for just 5% of global funding, which for me means that people are still getting to a stage of trying to understand what are the use cases that would drive a lot of adoption within blockchain, just even at a global level. 
I think I bring this up because this is also the same stage that African VC ecosystem is currently at, where we understand the potential of what blockchain can do. So currently VCs have invested in what I call two pillars, the first being digital infrastructure. So how do we transform the cash economy towards sort of a digital economy and unlock a whole host of different services to build on top of that in order to extend financial access, in order to extend healthcare, optimize food production, etc. But currently, we all understand that blockchain has the ability to kind of help us leapfrog towards that digital sort of economy. But what would be the best use case that drives that mass adoption? I think there's three complexities currently in terms of that, that investors are always kind of trying to wrap their head around. One, the use case itself. To how do you lower the technical barrier so that people can actually use and benefit from blockchain, crypto, et cetera? And three, like who's going to buy, who's going to pay for this, right, at scale? So while it's an exciting opportunity, exciting for African VCs, but the use case really matters more than anything at this point. So I think the year 2021, definitely a breakthrough year, not only for, for blockchain globally, but I think also on the continent. Why so? Is because I noticed a difference in the discussions that were taking place within the VC space with, you know, traditional investors. Whereas, you know, in 2020, when I would have conversations, it was more so very, very skeptical in terms of the perception that was there. But we saw a reversal whereby we're seeing, you know, traditional investors starting to seek out opportunities to invest in crypto businesses. But I think what's still very clear is that on the continent, our ecosystem from a crypto perspective, it's still very small. Like I think it accounts for maybe about 3% of the global market. And so there's still a long way to go, but they are promising signals in that we are seeing an accelerated adoption on the continent that brings about an opportunity to ride the wave. I think there's like two layers. So there's VCs that are doubling down specifically on blockchain and trying to see how can we invest in innovators on the continent running a whole host of different use cases and which one will come out on top from an adoption perspective, but also from an impact perspective. Where I've seen a lot of uptake in that has been sort of the typical trading, you know, payments, infrastructure remittances, as well as sort of how do you unlock savings and lending against sort of crypto assets? But increasingly things around, because on the continuity struggle with like governance and like linking it back to like verified records, I've seen the application in the property space as well to say, how do you have a verified system to kind of allocate land to different individuals and trusting in a blockchain infrastructure to be able to do the vetting, the credibility of it. So that's the second layer where I've seen a lot of investments, but also a lot of adoption. And then I think moving beyond sort of the crypto realm, like even with DeFi and the ability for it to kind of bridge the financial inclusion gap for farmers. That's where we've seen a lot of applications in terms of people building tokenized assets for people that have been excluded to be able to own something digitally and bypass the typical checks from a centralized system and be able to still leverage a lot of financial services through a decentralized system as well. So definitely there's a lot of different funds like Nescoin is a perfect example of different use cases to see which one will actually take up. And I think that's kind of the approach that we need to take, but also where we currently are at as an ecosystem in terms of what will really uptake. 
The second layer is more opportunistic. I think a lot of us are still trying to figure out where do we double down, but then we'll only double down when an opportunity emerges that makes sense. I think in Founders Factory and our fund, we were a lot more opportunistic, right? When we saw a crypto trading platform come up with massive traction, massive adoption. And that's when we decided to then just take the risk and, and bet on that. But definitely, I think as things come up and as we suss out where innovators are finding that mass adoption and traction, then, you know, obviously it makes sense to kind of fund those opportunities. But there's still a lot of learning to go from where we are currently. So I think Hope has mentioned a lot of uh, highlights within the crypto space. But what I'm, what I'm wary of is mostly regulation. This is my angle. We are, we are witnessing players on the continent who are a semi-hybrid between crypto and fintech, and they still need to adhere to the regulations that exist within the marketplace. However, there's this big unknown from both, you know, governments, regulators, different financial institutions on how to actually just deal with these new digital assets. And that's causing a bit of uh, friction on how some of the crypto players are supposed to just operate within the marketplace. So unless, you know, there's clarity and clarity soon, we are going to continue to see this friction taking place. And it's, it's quite evident that certain players will end up being on the wrong side of the law when it comes to a regulation perspective. So that's always a big uh, risk aspect when, when investing in businesses within the crypto space at this early stage. On the one side, I agree. And I think where the risk area translates to is like, then how do you adequately price deals as well? Because then, you know, some deals you would discount because of that fact. Other deals, if they found a way around regulation, it becomes a plus and then it might be overpriced because then you don't know how the market is going to change. So it's definitely like a huge consideration. But I also do think that VC has sort of a role of moving the market forward and creating new markets and educating regulators on what should be taking place and like how do you actually allow laws to kind of account for some of the disruptions that we are about to see. I think I saw an article in, in South Africa actually where now they're passing a bill around like how does, you know, profits that you actually make from like different trading platforms, what implication from a tax perspective, traceability perspective. But for me, I think the influx of investment from a VC perspective is the first step before unlocking everything else in terms of giving enough information for regulators to be able to give a point of view, et cetera. So it does depend on the thesis of the investor, the stage that you're investing in, what type of support environment do you have both locally and internationally to support these startups through this uncertainty. But then for me, that only makes sense if the price is right, because yeah, that's where your returns come from as well. Interesting that you say that. I don't know if you hold the same view that the crypto businesses that are getting the most funding are the ones that seem to have the best regulatory stance. Would you say that is true? So we're seeing the exchanges getting a lot of funding yeah. and the ones that are getting the funding seem to be well positioned from a regulatory perspective. 
And the hypothesis is, okay, when a business is angled to be regulated, they tend to get more funding from that perspective. There's this nuance at play whereby with crypto, there are these new models uh, that basically allow for decentralized organizations to prop up, (laughs) um, which operate outside of the normal regulatory setup, uh, which means that it's a bit difficult for one to actually be regulated. So what's your view on those businesses getting funding? Do you see them getting more funding as the ecosystem grows? Or do you actually see funding still flowing to those businesses that, you know, have a better regulatory stance. Interesting view. I think a market like Nigeria, for me, what it's proven is part of the value add of an investor is to have the right relationships from a regulatory perspective to kind of not only hedge your risk personally within the portfolio that you have, but also to be able to add that value to different founders in terms of educating market regulators. So I think even at a macro level, I do think it's an interesting opportunity for founders to kind of align themselves with investors that are setting this foundation at a structural or macroeconomic level. You know, so a lot of the founders that I've seen that we've spoken to, the key questions for them is how linked to crypto value are you, right? Because they know that that's where a lot of follow-on capital will exist. How linked are you to different structures like a standard bank, actually, who has quite close relations with the regulators within our environment in South Africa to say, you know, what are the different implications or what are the ways that we can roll out the specific innovation in a way that innovators can be able to catch up at the same time, right? So I do think it's it's part of the value that investors can provide. Sometimes it does work out. Sometimes it doesn't. Like we've seen in Nigeria, I think it's a little bit of a toss depending on sort of the specific sector and obviously the influence that you are having on the liquidity in that market, right? But I do think investors can play a role in educating regulators and educating broader stakeholders to kind of drive that adoption. And for me, it becomes a value add, which makes it easier for new startups. But over time, I do think the ones that are building that infrastructure, building the data that is sitting on this infrastructure will be better positioned once regulation kicks in. And somebody has to be the first mover. Uh, and, and, And I guess that's the role that investors will have in betting on the first movers, essentially, and working with them to de-risk as much as possible. And on the next installment of this Unajua series, Hope and Nzui will share their respective approaches to investing in crypto plays as individual investors. Don't miss it. In the meantime, if you're an institutional Africa-focused investor in blockchain tech, We'd love to hear what you made of this episode. Go ahead and click on the Unajua link in the show notes wherever you're listening. Or if you're listening from africantechroundup.com, click on the microphone icon on the right of your screen to leave us a 60-second voice note with your thoughts. You can also share your views on social media using the hashtag Unajua series or DM us on Twitter at African Roundup. All right, that's it for now. Till next time, take it easy, Africa.